Fit Pros, it's the DTF podcast, Down to Fitness, where we turn personal trainers into fitness professionals. We're your hosts, Dayton McPherson and Kyle Radoon. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Before we get going with today's episode on guaranteeing the sale part three, which is the close, I wanted to say congratulations to Kyle. Kyle, what happened over the last couple of weeks that you'd like to share with everybody? Oh, uh, thanks, Dayton. Uh, yeah, so last week I uh, got engaged. So uh, she awesome. said yes. Thank God. <laughs> How'd you, you know, do it? What's that? How did you uh, propose? Oh, uh, actually, it was, it was pretty cool. Uh, so I've been planning this thing for a few months now. Uh, I got her best friend to fly down here from Tennessee. I got her uh, twin sister, her nephew, uh, like all the people closest to her. I took her out to dinner. Uh, she had no idea. She thought it was just another regular date night. Uh, we... After dinner, we walked down to the beach because I live uh, right on the water. So we went out to dinner, walked over to the beach at sunset. Uh, I had everyone hiding on the beach. I had a <laughs> photographer like hiding behind the rocks. And uh, sure enough, got her out there. She had no clue, proposed. And then uh, her best friend was like hiding in the crowd and screamed out, what did she say? And then we turned around and it was like, she said yes. And then she realized that her best friend and like family were all hiding in the crowd and it was uh, it was definitely special. So exciting that's stuff. That's awesome. Well, congrats to you two. Uh, that's awesome to hear. You know, love her, love you. So I'm very happy for both of you. Congrats, thank brother. you. Thank yeah. you. Now, now we have an excuse to get you down to Florida and party with us. Hey, I love it. <laughs> any, any, anything. Actually, here in Connecticut this weekend, it's like 80 degrees the entire weekend, which is crazy. Oh, sure. so, I know, right? No, no rain, no snow. It's, like it's 80 degrees here, so we have the same weather for that like week of the year. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Nice, nice. So, what are we doing here today, Dayton? Uh, yeah, we got part three of our consultation series. Yep. So, part one was the assessment. Part two was the workout. Uh, now, part three tends to be where everyone thinks that, you know, this is where we all want to make our money. This is the sales part. This is where we're going to crush it. And what are we going to tell them? We're going to tell them this is probably the least important part, or it is the most, or, or it is the least important part of the whole entire thing, because you should be doing all of these techniques during parts one and part two. So this is the, the easy part. If you did part one and part two really, really well, then necessarily part three just kind of comes right out and it makes it really easy for you and your potential client to start training together. Before we start talking about the actual techniques that we're going to use and how to utilize this process with the clothes, I do want to kind of cover part one and part two, if that's cool with you, Kyle, and just oh, do yeah. a little review for everybody because we have been releasing these a couple of weeks apart. So the first one, like Kyle said, or first part is the assessment. So your assessment goes through basically that first meet and greet. And remember before we're doing a 24 hour confirmation phone call, or if you're really good, you're going to call them even a couple days before that to build that relationship and build rapport. So we get done our meet and greet. We're going to explain what the process of this consultation is going to look like. When we get done explaining, we're going to start asking questions to initiate all the reasons why this person needs you as their personal trainer. Uh, talking about their goals, you know, asking them how often that they exercise. Have they ever exercised before? What's their commitment level like? What's their knowledge of exercise like? Their nutrition background? All of those questions, we're going to be able to use the answers at the end for the close when we start to get those objections, which we'll talk about in a little bit here. 
So after we do that and we go through just some questions, we're building up that rapport, we'll do some sort of assessment with them, whether that be in body calipers, going out onto the floor and doing a body assessment, whatever that you feel comfortable with and you have ready to use, you can pick the assessment that's going to be best for you as a fitness professional. So now we're out onto the floor and we're going to put them through this awesome workout. Too many times Kyle and I have seen fitness professionals go through and just poke and prod at people looking for every single dysfunction that they have and telling somebody that you basically suck and your body sucks. Well, guess what? They already know that. That's why they came to see you. So you don't have to tell them that. You don't have to tell them that they're overweight. You don't have to tell them that their cardiovascular sucks. They know. They came and saw you. <laughs> so don't do that. Put them through a great workout that they're going to be able to figure out the exercises be successful and have some fun. While we do that, we're trying to do exercises that are going to help them reach their goals with whatever that might be. We want to pick exercises that are going to be new for them, fun exercises that utilize you as a coach and them, again, building rapport. And remember, when you're doing those exercises, tell them the benefits and the reasons that you're doing those exercises. Not just we're doing this because I saw it on in Instagram and it looks cool. We're doing this because it's going to help you get to that 50 pound weight loss. It's going to help you build strength in your lower legs before you go on vacation, whatever that it might be. So we've done parts one and part two. Kyle, did you have anything that you wanted to add to those sections before we jump into part three? No, I would say that's a pretty excellent recap of the first two parts. Um, the only thing I would just add is, uh, nothing specifically, but the fact that if you do these first two parts correctly, you don't actually have to ask for a sale at all because they should come right to you and be like, oh my God, I, I really love this experience. How do I do more? They're going to ask you for the sale <laughs> instead of you asking them. It, it's so easy. If you do part one and part two really, really well and, and you practice, Kyle and I were talking about before we started this podcast that we usually film in clusters and we haven't filmed in like three or four weeks and we were nervous because we hadn't gotten our reps in. You have to get reps into doing this stuff or you're never going to get better at it. You should be doing hundreds or thousands of these before you perfect it. Kyle, do you know how many uh, healthy starts or consultations that you've ever done in your lifetime? Oh, my God. I don't Let's see here. If you work, say, only six days a week and you do at least three a day for six years, uh, <laughs> you know, someone do that math. But it's thousands. Uh, I mean, what is the, you know, the old school saying for, uh, you know, to be a, a professional or it's like the 10,000 hour rule. Right. So. Yep. Most trainers, even at their 10 year point in their career, have not done 10,000 hours of consultations. Yeah. And you'll get better at them the more and more that you do. And you'll start to pick things out that are going to be uh, beneficial or not beneficial. And then you throw those ones out. So it's all about practice. So now that we've started to practice part ones and part twos, all that is great. We're done. We're moving on to getting that sale, having someone physically pay you for your time so that we can start to make this into a very viable career for us. So before we even start to go back into the office, I have a transition that I like to do with individuals. So this is where trainers' heart rates start to come up mm -hmm. when they're done the workout. How do we get them back into the office? So it's something I call a two-to-one. So a two-to-one ratio, the two is going to be positive closed-ended feedback. 
So some of those examples would be, hey, you did a great job today. I love the way that you move. You have a great work ethic. You take cueing very, very well. I would be amazed if you don't or you're not able to lose this weight in a matter of blah, 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 whatever that it might be. Just give them two pieces of positive information and feedback for them so that they feel that they did a good job to keep boosting their uh, kind of feeling of being in the gym. And wow, I did great. Now, I will say, don't lie to people. Pick something out that you really noticed about this and don't make it generic, like pinpoint something that they did really well and tell them. Everybody likes to know that they did a good job. That's why you get, you know, championship trophies when you win the whole thing. That's why you get stars when you were a little kid and you got an A on your spelling test. You did a good job. So we're going to tell you you did a good job. Adults as clients still like gold stars. Just to throw that out. Hell yeah, they do. Give them gold stars. Uh, yeah, because, you know, you mentioned the, the heart fluttering thing. This is really the, the point where everyone realizes I'm no longer a trainer and I just became a salesman. Yeah. And this is where the nerves start to pick up. And what I would tell you is early in my career, I would, I would get serious anxiety. I would shake, I would stumble on my words and I would sound unprofessional and I would lose the sale because I didn't have the confidence in my abilities uh, as their trainer. So I started thinking about, oh my God, I'm going to ask them for a thousand dollars. I'm not worth a thousand dollars. I don't know if I can, you know, if I can help this client and you kind of get in your head a little, you start chopping, uh, you know, right now, chopping up your <laughs> words, getting a little nervous, right? You can feel the heart rate come up. If we do everything in the first part one and two, the, this part is where you should be the most confident, the most at ease. This is where it's smooth. So what Dan's talking about here, that transition, it's the most awkward part, the walk back to the office when you know what you're about to do. So now yeah. uh, we use Dan's little trick there. We, we give him some compliments. Uh, this is also where I like to talk about we are going to work together. Uh, verbiage here is really important is I'm trying to paint the picture of what it's like for us to work together. This isn't a, you know, you're going to reach your goals. It's we are going to reach your goals together. Yeah. Uh, you're always painting this picture that we are a team. So therefore, when you do get into that office and you start talking about how I can help you as a trainer, uh, how we can accomplish these goals together, it sounds a lot smoother and a lot more like we're on the same team. Absolutely. And you can also use those techniques like throughout part one and part two as well. The we, the us together as a team, me as your coach, like all that assumptive selling is going to help you in the entire hour that you'll be with somebody. So after we go through two positive close-ended feedbacks, we are then going to do an open-ended question to elicit some sort of response that is going to be able to have you fall into that next part of basically giving them your professional recommendation. So typically what I like to do is ask them something such as, you know, what was your favorite part of today's session? Are there exercises that you really enjoyed? Is this different than the way that you typically exercise on your own? And one of my favorites, how did you like working with me as your fitness professional? I, I dare to day and it was a great time. I, I dare you to do it again. I dare you to find anybody that's going to have the balls to say no to you. <laughs> they won't. They're going to say, "Wow, that was really great." Regardless of if you are a brand new trainer, they hated you. They're not going to say that. They're going to say, "At least if they do, yes. you know where they stand on the sale." Right. I mean, all right. Cool. <laughs> you didn't like me. I'm not even going to do this professional recommendation. <laughs> 
But no, everybody will have a great time. You are all fantastic fitness professionals. You're going to do amazing. And now once we get them talking about exercise, so that was a great example, Kyle, you know, how'd you like working with me as your fitness professional? Kyle said, uh, you know, I really enjoyed it. Great. What I'd like to do now is give you my professional recommendation, how you and I can start to work together to reach these goals of yours. Now, See how easy that was to just go right into that sale? Like it's so flowy and that's the most important part. It's not, hey, now that we're done with your workout, let's go back into the office. Here's how much my prices are. Yes. Yeah, I think that line that you just said is about as smooth as it gets and it makes it very easy to transition to uh, laying out your price presentation or yeah. you know your options, however you do it at your facility. But that's that's the one is <clears throat> making that seamless transition in the conversation. Yeah. And, you know, I use the phrase before professional recommendation. I don't just like to say, here's our training packages. Here's our training options. My professional recommendation, the same way that if you're sick and you go to the doctor, they will give you a professional recommendation on how that you can get better. That's my job. I'm a fitness professional. I know fitness better than anybody. So here's what I'm going to offer to you to get to your goals and have you live a healthier and better life. So that professional recommendation, what I like to do is if you're in a big box gym or even if you're in a studio and you have pricing sheets that list out like every single damn thing that you sell, everything from one session, six, 12, duh, 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 duh. if anybody has ever been to Cheesecake Factory and they have 45 pages of a menu, how long does it take you to pick what you want to eat? Overwhelming overwhelming, right? It's kind of like, Oh my God, I don't know what I want. Now go to one of the fanciest restaurants in the world. Do you know how long their menu is? There's probably like two options for each thing. There's two options for a starter. There's two options for an entree, two for dessert, because it limits your choices. And they do those things very, very well, rather than just Cheesecake Factory, where they do all of those things just really mediocre. So we're going to pick the thing that's going to help this person and give them a choice. Uh, not just lay out a bunch of stuff for them. Yes. And while we're on kind of price presentation, this is probably a little more of uh, like gym owner type stuff, because if you are working in a big box gym and they have that kind of presentation, I'm not even going to use it. And your boss will probably get upset that you're supposed to use all your, your materials. If it has more than three, you are doing yourself a disservice. Now, the ideal mm. amount on a menu should be three. You have the price point that you want to sell. Then you have the higher one and then you have the lower one. And when you have these three options, you get to decide which program you want to push the most. If you want to push the middle program, you, you know, raise the price of the lower, the lowest program and way increase the price of the highest program, making the middle one look like the best deal. If you want to push your largest program, you put it just out of reach from the middle program. And when you have those three, you can gear those options. When it's six, seven, eight, people don't know where to look, where to begin, or what to choose between. Mm -hmm. I wanna make it simple, and it's like, oh, the bigger program's only a couple hundred dollars more. Hmm, one or the other. So they actually do that, at, I can think specifically at movie theaters. Like if you look at the size of popcorn, so like a small popcorn will be $3. A medium popcorn will be like $7, but then a large will be 8 because they yes. just they just want you to buy the, the eight one. Even if every single person comes in and they buy $1 extra, that movie theater makes millions of dollars a year just because they priced it $1 more. 
They're mm-hmm. not losing money. You're not losing money either by getting them to commit more. And those people that buy larger programs are going to stay with you longer too. They are going to keep buying programs from you. So it's okay if you sell it at a lower price point than a 24, maybe the 48 is $5 less. You're going to make more money over the long term. Yep. Yeah. All right. So now that I've told this person, basically, you know, we're going to go back in the office. How'd you like working with me as your fitness professional? Great. Here's my professional recommendation for you. So the professional recommendation that I like to give to somebody kind of sounds like this. I want to thank you for coming in today. I'm so happy that we were able to work together. Now that I've been able to determine some clear cut goals, I'd like to give you my professional recommendation on how to achieve them. My professional recommendation is that you and I begin training blank number of times per week based on blank, blank, blank. So here's an example. I could tell Kyle, you know, my professional recommendation is that you and I begin training two hours a week for 60 minutes based on the fact that number one, you are not committed to exercise. You told me that you were a level two out of 10 in your commitment level. You're scared of exercising on your own because you don't know what to do by yourself. And then number three is that you have a big trip coming up uh, in November that you want to be able to get around with with your family. So Kyle, where did I get those X, Y, and Z things from to give my professional recommendation? From our initial Q&A, our discovery information consultation, part one, right? Part, Part one. So all those questions that I asked Kyle, I'm keeping all of the information that he gave me and I'm using it as ammunition at the end to give back to Kyle, hey, here's why you need me because you told me all of these things and fit pros, you have to pick out from your Q and a, which questions and answers are going to be the most important for Kyle's decision-making. And you'll be able to hear it in his voice and pick out those ones. Like when I'm doing my Q and a, I will circle the most important ones that Kyle says I'll star them. Like, trust me, Kyle doesn't know what the hell I'm writing on that piece of paper. I can do whatever I want. I could draw stick figures, but as long as he says something that I'm like, Oh, I can use this at the end. I'm writing that and circling it. So then as I go back, I can flip that page over here are the reasons why you need to work with me. And here's how often that we're going to achieve those goals. Now I don't typically tie the X, Y, Z to objections, but I think, it's really important here to realize what their likely objections are and Mm. use those because when you said your xyz you basically said you mentioned that you were not motivated or committed you did not have the time and you whatever z was right those are three of the important uh, objections so if we can go ahead and knock those out and get them to agree they can't come around on the back end and be like well i don't have the time well earlier i asked you you know, you need to have the two times a week for this. And then they go, Oh, I did say yes. Yeah. How many times a week are you going to commit to exercise? And you tell me four, and then you say you don't have the time, but you told me that you were going to exercise four times. And, and, and as fit pros, we should say that to people. Yes. Cause I think a lot of people think this is where we get kind of aggressive and, and salesy. No, no, no. That's not I aggressive. did not tell I did not give you a lecture about how we all have 24 hours in a day. It's about how you make, t- no, no, no. I hate trainers like that, just for the record. I say that to my clients, but not, not prospects. Yeah, that trying to make, I was going to say, say it to family members, you yeah. know, you bust someone's ass, like that's fine. Yeah, yeah. But when you're trying to get a new business, like you don't know their life. You don't know how many hours they actually have. Maybe they really don't have the time for exercise. That's fine. But learn that in the discovery so that it doesn't blindside you while you're trying to make the sale. That's the important part here so that I can overcome it 
or prepare a plan so that that's no longer going to get in the way. Prepare a plan. I love that. So if if we can take those things that we already know are going to be objections and we figure them out during the Q&A, we're going to be fine when we give our professional recommendation. This is why Kyle and I say that part one and part two are way more important than this. We've already discovered how to overcome those objections. And trust me, PTs out there, you guys are going to get objections almost every single time that you do this. More so when you start off as a personal trainer. Like mm -hmm. when you get really good at this, you're going to have very limited objections because most people coming in are going to be referrals or people that you've had like on the back burner for a while. But if you're brand new, you got to get good on how to overcome these objections. And Kyle, that would be a really good episode to do because I mean, we could talk for a half hour on overcoming objections and, and how to do it because it's not like Kyle just gives me an objection and I go, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Like you, you, you have to give a rebuttal. I like to call it O-Rod objection, rebuttal, objection. If they give it to you and you're a new trainer, then you can downgrade. If you're really good, you can go through two rebuttals with them. Just so everybody's clear of what some of the major objections are, if we haven't already talked about this. Kyle, there's five of them. Do you remember yes. what the five are? Yeah. So your five major objections you're going to come across in sales. And this, I think, is across most industries. But I would uh, say yes. Uh, money, obvious one. Time. Yep. Spouse. Yep. I have to think about it mm. and try it on my own. Try it on my own, I think, is like very uh, singular to our industry. Yes. Yeah, that, that one's not necessarily uh, – people that go buy cars don't say, hey, I need to try this on my own. <laughs> yeah. But actually, maybe. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> uh but no, so ultimately, those are the five that we're going to see in fitness because one, uh, money, they're going to say, oh, it's expensive. They don't value their health. So be it. Yep. Uh, they're going to say they don't have time. They have two yep. kids. They work a full-time job uh, and their partner's, you know, busy or travels or isn't around. Okay. Uh, spouse. This, this is what I would call a smokescreen for the most part. Um, most people make their own decisions, even though they'll always use this as an out. So they'll say... Oh, you know, I have to talk to my wife before I can make any major financial decisions. I'll call you later. Uh, now, this is a way that people can get out of that face to face with you and then tell you no on the phone later yep. or not call you back or ignore right. you in the gym. Like, yep. These are the people that were kind of awkward about it. The smoke screens we're trying to avoid here is not like, oh, you know, screw your spouse. If you make decisions, you're, you know, you're the man here. No, no, no. This is not a aggressive sales but what we are looking for is what most people know is that if they want to do it and their family is supportive of them improving their health, this becomes a smokescreen. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to have a conversation and say, you know, earlier you told me your wife is really looking forward to you coming in, getting your membership started and getting into a fitness routine. You did mention it was really important that you're healthy uh, for your family in the long term. So I think you have the support of them, right? Yeah. And even if they, you know, if they're unsure, a lot of times I'll ask them, how do they support you? Because sometimes they'll say, oh, yeah, they support me with finances, but they don't support me anywhere else. Or they support me with, they help me make my food, but they're totally against me spending money on my fitness. Right. So kind of deciphering what their spousal support is, because I think sometimes on a lot of our consultation forms, they say, uh, you know, how, you know, is your, do you, 
is your spouse supportive? And it's like a yes or a no. So I like to dive in a little deeper and find out like how they're going to support you. Cause now we can talk about finances without me directly coming out and being like, who holds the checkbook? So there is a way that I tend to ask that question when it comes to spouse. So if Kyle tells me that he wants to go home and talk to his spouse, I will very respectfully say, Kyle, if you don't mind me asking, when you go home and talk to your spouse, will the conversation be about the financial investment? If he says yes, I'm done. I'm, I'm not going to say anything else. I did not say, like Kyle said, and I know he would never say that in a consult, like, oh, is it your checkbook? No. I very respectfully, if you don't mind me asking, when you go home and talk to your spouse, will it be about the financial investment? Will it be about the time commitment? Whatever that it may be, like there are ways that you can ask more questions after they're like, oh, it's too expensive. Well, if you don't mind me asking, what would be a better option for you? Or, or what do you think a good investment would be? I like that one because some someone will be like, oh, I, I've heard as low as $20 an hour before that somebody, well, I thought this was going to be like $20 an hour. I was like, when people say that to me, I was like, yeah, there are $20 an hour trainers. They don't have certifications and they work uh, at a purple place. That's about a quarter mile down the road. You can go there. The purple place. No purple place. Yeah, we won't get flagged on uh, on Spotify. You pay, you pay you pay ten dollars a month. You get free pizza every Friday. That's the business model right there. Hey, I had pizza last night. So, I, listen, I actually had pizza yesterday too. Hey, I feel awful today. Oh yeah, same. My stomach was hurting this morning. I don't do well with gluten. And I don't do well with dairy. So when I have pizza, it's like it's double just, whammy. Yeah. Anyways, nobody yep. needs to hear about that. <laughs> We got a good way to break up the pod. Um, I was going to say, we got, got distracted there a little bit. Um, spousal support, finances. Uh, I, lo I, love think, I love think about it. So a, a great follow-up question to that would be like, if you don't mind me asking, what do you need to think about? Like we should be confident and comfortable with asking questions after you get an objection. Like that's the most important thing of, of this. Like you are going to get objections don't turn into this little fetal position baby after they ask or you ask, and then they give you an objection, and then you're just like, "Oh, okay, okay, call me later, okay, okay, I'll I'll follow up with you tomorrow and see how you fell after I work out." Um, no, so like, ask them follow up questions. Why? 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 Tell why? me more. Like the same thing that you were doing on your Q and A. We we need to ask them questions. Why do you feel this way? How can I help you? But again, if you did part one and two, you won't get any objections really well. Well, so when's the, there's three times you can handle objections before, when they come up and after. So which one do you think is going to be the most beneficial for making the sale? Before. Just handle it before. And it doesn't sound like a rebuttal. Handle it after you sound like a car salesman. Correct. And that's, that's a great point, Kyle. That's a great point. So, you know, I, I don't want to talk all like objections and rebuttals and stuff. I really think that would be a, a better episode like down the road. So like for me, that's the closing the sale, I guess. I mean, that that's the, the bread and butter of it. It's basically going through a two to one with them. You know, you did a great job. I love the way you move. How'd you like working with me as your fitness professional? And then we take our professional recommendation. We're not showing them this big booklet of stuff. I actually have a professional recommendation sheet where, uh, you know, this might be good to talk about Kyle, where I actually have the days of the week listed off. 
and I will circle the days of the week and write what they're going to do on those days of the week. And then their program, I have two options. So the two options that I give them is the option that's going to help them the most is option one. And the option that's going to help them the second best is option two. And all of you fit pros, if you own a studio or something, make this in Canva. It's super, super easy. If, if you need help with it, reach out to Kyle or I. And I give them two options. So when I give them my professional recommendation, we're going to train two hours a week for 60 minutes. Or we can train, I don't know, one hour a week for 60 minutes. Which option works best for you? And I'm getting them to pick because if they're not going to pick and I just give them one, if I give somebody one option, Kyle, what does that allow them to do? It's a yes or a no. It's a yes or a no. If I give you two options and I say, Kyle, pick one. It's one or the other. It's one or the other. Both right? of so, them are yes. <laughs> correct. So pick, pick one. Yeah. Pick. That's it. It's like when yeah. you win a free prize, which one do you want? This or this? Yeah. Tell me. So use something that is visual. And this is a, this is a good thing too. why uh, we use a professional recommendation sheet or sales sheet, whatever the hell that you want to call it, a program sheet is you are allowing the prospect to hit all three versions of learning style. So learning styles, we've talked about this before. We've got kinesthetic, visual and audio. So the first thing I'm going to do is tell you what my professional recommendation is twice a week for an hour. Then I'm going to write it down on my sheet and then I'm going to hand it to you. So I've gotten you auditorily. Now I've gotten you visually and kinesthetically that you can actually hold that piece of paper and look at it. And that hits all so, of them. And that hits all of them. And I think that's probably the, the best reason why that we want to use one of those sheets too. And if they say, no, not today, they have a take home, which, you know, who knows, they might throw in the trash, but at least they get something when they go, come out. Yeah, that's definitely not a, a sales tactic that you want to use because it's probably more like one, two, three percent. But here's the deal is if you did everything else right, you've already given yourself the best chance. Now that last couple percent does still matter because yep. you're right. If I give 100 people a take home, 99 of them will go in the trash, but one of them will come back to me. And for every one that comes back to me, it makes its, uh, it makes its value back. Right. Because I mean, 100 of those sheets are going to cost me 10, 20 bucks. If one of them turns into a sale, well, I've, you know, I've netted a $900. Right. So something just came into my head. And you tell me if you want to save this for a later episode or we can talk about it for a couple minutes. What happens if we don't sell them a program, Kyle? Uh, I think we should actually kind of touch on that now, but I think okay. that could be a whole other episode. Uh, no, because if, if you don't make the sale on the first spot, uh, that doesn't mean that they are gone forever. I mean, this is someone that you already started to build rapport in. And we've talked about on other episodes about how many touch points it takes to really build rapport. Most of your consultations, maybe your first three, four, five interactions with them, if you include your phone calls and your first appointment, they just joined the gym. But a lot of my clients over three, four, five years, they stopped coming from my initial consultations. A lot of the new trainers kind of get those new consults because those people aren't even really ready to buy on the day they signed up for a membership. Hell, most of them weren't even ready to buy the membership. So, you know, they get talked into booking this appointment and now you're kind of trying to battle for that 30% of sales. When you've been doing this a long time, I've built up the rapport and now I can ask for a sale a lot easier and people just open up their wallets. Mm -hmm. So allow your first consultations as your first stepping stone to building your book in the long run. We are in the long game here. 
Yeah. If you want to become a trainer and you want to be successful, don't judge your body of work on your first 90 days. It's going to be more like three years. Yeah. And if we're talking three years, I got all the time in the world to butter up that person that said no to me at first. Yep. I also have all this time now to learn about them and find out where I went wrong and what I missed. Because now I get to see that they love hit classes and I took them into the weight room and I only gave them barbells. Well, guess what? Now, maybe over the course of a couple of months, I said, hey, you really like that fit stuff. Why don't we try a little circuit training? I'll you know, take you up for a follow-up. Boom. Now I changed my workout to find out exactly what they like because maybe I didn't catch that the first time. Yep. There's always opportunities and you guys are all in the gym every single day. Like, Don't ever burn those bridges. Keep these connections. Um, I mean, hell. I don't even know if I want to say this on the podcast, but when say COVID it. happened and I, got, and I left my job, you you don't think that the 10,000 members I met across 17 locations that follow me on Instagram weren't DMing me looking for training. This is a very real thing. You're building relationships for life. So no, you have a non-compete. You're not trying to steal clients from your old job or anything like that, but you built a community of people that believe in you. And now years later, now they're asking me for training. If I asked them, if I walked up to them on the lake press in the middle of the gym and said, hey, you should hire me, they probably would have been like, hell no. But now but the after all this be, time, yeah. the second I left, it was like, wait a minute. Oh, I really missed out on that opportunity. And they yeah. started to see it. So trust the process and give yourself time to build. You don't know what you got till it's gone. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, Kyle's gone. I need him. And it's true. And then everyone went to online training for COVID and it was like, well, how can we do this? All right, well, let's yeah. figure it out. Right. Exactly. So, um, yeah. I mean, e even for myself real quickly, before we wrap this up, I had a healthy start a couple of weeks ago, went horribly. It was like the worst healthy start I've done in so long. So healthy start again for everybody that maybe knew is our consultation at health tracks. It, it just was bad. Like the husband and wife came in. I didn't know that the wife was going to be there. It was like horrible because the wife was just leading everything. And I was trying to talk to the husband, whatever, doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I just didn't even pitch. I didn't do a sale because it just didn't feel right. It was weird. So I'm still building a rapport with this individual in the gym all the time. Comes in, hey, how you doing? Go up, give him a quick fist bump. What you working on today? How do you feel? Are you still losing weight? All these questions. I'm just asking questions. Notice one of my questions is, let me know when you want to start training with me. Get all jacked, all right? Just, hey man, what's up? What are you working on today? Oh yeah, that's awesome. So glad to hear that you're still losing weight. How are you feeling since you've started coming here? All that good stuff because eventually we will start to build up that rapport where I can come back and say, hey, now's the right time. I've been noticing that you've been doing the same thing with the same weights and the same reps on the same days. Let's change it up so you can see results. Bada bing, bada boom, realist guys in the room. How you doing? Mic drop. Mic drop. All right, there's closing the sale. All right, so we will do a follow up episode maybe in a couple of weeks about objections. I think that would be awesome to talk about. That's like a whole category that we really haven't touched on. But if you did part one and part two really well, you won't have any objections. That's why we teach you this stuff. And we are off for the day. Have an awesome Sunday, everybody. We'll see you soon. Bye. Thank you.